What's up, guys? TotalBev.com is your place to buy alcohol and to now CBD products as well here in the Denver metro area. TotalBev is offering 30% off to the DNVR fam when you have a purchase of $25 to $75, which is a fantastic deal. All you have to do is use code DNVR2019 at checkout to get that 30% off, whether it's Breck Brew, whether it's CBD products from drinks to gummies, whether it's just some other type of alcohol that you want for a party or anything like that. Get on it while you can get this 30% off. And best of all, they can even deliver it to you directly to your door. Once again, DNVR 2019 to take advantage of this 30% off with Total Beverage. Let's jump into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call JT Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! Save me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! <laughs> Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Greed Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or check out online at mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. As always, happy New Year or I guess New Year's Eve in this case for this show to everyone out there. By the time this is up, I imagine many of you will already be heading to your destinations to party, so I hope everyone is having a good time. As for AJ and I, we will be heading down to the Pepsi Center for this upcoming Avs game against the Winnipeg Jets. AJ, are you excited for the the crowd for this one? It always seems to be a pretty bumping atmosphere down there on New Year's. Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm very much ready for uh, all of this to... To, to get going the 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 abs need a win here uh i think that they match up really well with this version of the jets and this could be a seven to five game this could be a lot of fun to watch it could well be one of those games where defense kind of gets put a little bit on the back burner and and both teams just try to punch each other in the face a bit eh Yo, definitely. And the only reason that it would probably not be a seven to five game is because Grubauer and Hellebuck going head to head and Hellebuck has been the man this year. So, uh, you know, when when we are in the third period and Colorado has 37 shots on goal and, and two goals, you know, <laughs> don't be surprised is what I'm saying, because he has. He has kept them in it and is the main reason why the Jets are where they are in the standings because he has he has been fantastic this season. Yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think a lot of people in Winnipeg are breathing a bit of a sigh of relief after a, a down year last year and signing that big contract. So oh, definitely nice around. Yeah, I mean, they have to you want to talk about a franchise that has to spend money correctly. Yep, uh, And and for them to have handed out such a big contract to a to a goaltender 
and for him to have had the year that he had last year, I'm I'm happy that he's I'm happy for them that he's turned it around. You know, I I always have a I've always really liked Hellbuck, so watching him uh, find success at a high level is I I like it, and it's not it's not like he was terrible last year. It's just that he was nowhere near the like I'm going to hard carry you into the playoffs guy he was the year before, right. and he's back to that status now. So it should be uh you know a, another good test for Philip Grubauer. Hey, time to time for him to lift his game up. The Jets are a pretty beat-up team this year. They're missing Brian Little. They're missing Matthew Perot. They're missing Andrew Kopp. A couple of other smaller pieces as well. I believe Perot is expected back tonight. Oh, is he going to be back? Well, that's just the abs lock, I suppose. He skated with a non-contact jersey yesterday for the first time. Um, And so they said that they were... uh, Game time him or whatever, yeah. they, They were expecting him to play in... Uh, in Denver today, so that's well good for them, I guess. Yeah, the Avs. Hooray for you! Get to watch another team get healthy, but nonetheless, still a good matchup. Still one that I don't know if the Avs need a win, but boy, it would feel real good for this team to to go into the new year on the right foot, especially to get off the slide. So. Yeah, uh, you know, you go in, you go into uh, the game against St. Louis with a win, and you're feeling as good as you can be, um, because you're obviously you don't feel great about that St. Louis game. No matter what happens tonight, you don't feel great about it. So, uh, you know, a win, a win tonight, it matters. You want it, and especially against uh, one of the central teams you've actually managed to beat. Do it again. Yep. I the Avs are six nine and one. We talked about this yesterday's show. Mm-hmm. They've struggled against the Central Division. You beat Winnipeg tonight. You go out and beat the Blues the first game in twenty twenty, and you're eight nine and one. Almost back to that five hundred mark in division. You pick up a some much needed points on St. Louis if the Avs are able to do that. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but these next two games could shape playoff race in the second half of this season quite a bit uh yeah i mean every every game serves to set up for what they have to do in the next you know in the second half of the season and these are the last two games of the first half of the year exactly so um you know they're let's i want to see they've had a really strong start up to this point um they're on pace for i think 105 point season right now the the big thing for them is that they are 10 6 and 2 at home. Yep. versus they, 13 6 and 2 on the road. Right. They need to um, they and they spend most of January at home. So, time to find that mojo. What better time to start than New Year's Eve in front of your home crowd that's just begging you to do something awesome. It certainly it would be a win-win for everybody there. You know, if the Avs get the crowd behind them, they can get that confidence going at home. And yeah, you know, the Pepsi center has notoriously always been a building where teams travel well to. And as far as the crowd goes and it's starting to become time to change that. I think it is getting better. Uh, mm-hmm. Myriad of factors. There are still teams like Chicago. They're always going to travel well and things like that. But yeah, I mean, that's, and that is not a Colorado problem. 
Right. That they travel well everywhere. So yep. you know, when I when I when I see Avs fans get upset about that, it's like, look, like this happens everywhere. It's just the reality of it. Um, a lot of people were born there. It's a very it's a highly populated city. And a lot of people leave there because cost of living and a lot of other factors very high there. So there's a lot of reason for folks to to not stay. And that's just life. Yep. Kind of just the reality. Big cities have a lot of fans and a lot of fans that leave the big city. So it's the way you kind of deal with things there. Team like Winnipeg. Not quite as big a city, not quite as many fans, especially here in the States. Mm-hmm. That's a game where the Avs fans are going to show out. The Avs need there to get... There will be at least one Jets fan in attendance well, tonight. Yeah, she'll be surrounded by Avs fans, though, so it's okay. She will be, and I have <laughs> I have told them all to uh, feel free to heckle her. <laughs> all right, well, do it for AJ's fiance, if nothing else, then Avs. That's right. <laughs> Uh, but it, this is that kind of momentum you can get rolling on a night like this. The abs can get a lot of confidence playing at home if the crowd gets behind them, which they certainly will if they score a couple goals early in this game or something like that. And I I can't speak to how much of a difference the home crowd makes, but it certainly seems like the abs are a team that do feed off that a lot more than some. Oh, they definitely do. They have a very uh, symbiotic relationship with the crowd when it's amped up. Yeah, when it's when it's very restless and it's frustrated, uh, I think that the team tends to get tight, and I think that's interesting. But I, you know, it is what it is, right? Take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know what to make of that. I don't know why that's why that is the case. It, to me, though, it's just like, oh, it, it's a thing. More correlation than causation, possibly. But yeah, certainly something seems to be going on there. But either way, who who do you think needs to be the man in this game? Is it Philip Grubauer going head to head against Connor Hellebuck? Do we need to see uh, Nathan McKinnon just go mm, off? There you go. Yeah, that second one. Yeah. You know, and, right. and McKinnon has been unbelievable this year. Get that. If not for the absurdity in Edmonton, he'd be the shoe in for the Hart Trophy, basically. Well, I mean, there's, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid to even get near that conversation at this point. <laughs> um, but, you know, with McKinnon over the last, like, week or so, we've seen last, you know, he he had two points in Vegas and didn't play well. Right. Uh, his last multi-point game before that was against New Jersey on December 3rd. So he's still finding his way to points most nights. And he's still contributing and he's still doing his thing. But the the back-to-back Chicago games was the last time he had more than two points in a game. And I know that's funny to say, but I think that we're due. I think we're due for a, a classic Nathan McKinnon one goal, three assist night where, you know, he has a four or five point night like where and he just dominates a game. It's been a couple of weeks and he doesn't usually do that. It's you know, it's been a couple of weeks since he really just 
dominated the game. Yeah. Didn't take no for an answer, as it right. were. And I think against a weaker defensive Jets team, you know, they've got a great forward core, a deep forward core uh, that can can hang offensively. They can, you know, with with line A back to being line A and, and Ewers having an amazing season, uh, you know, Shifley and Wheeler doing their thing, like there's still a really good Jets forward team that can still that can still score on anybody uh, on any given night. Uh, but I I just don't know if if Nathan McKinnon goes out there and you know puts puts is involved in putting four goals on the board by himself. Uh, that's real hard for anybody in the league to keep up with. Yeah, well, when when McKinnon gets a shift against Tucker Pullman, sorry, buddy, but it's not your night. <sighs> Tucker Pullman, it's happening. <laughs> We'll end the first period of this podcast there, which means it's time to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Talk about their beers pretty much all the time and drink them pretty much all the time because they are legitimately delicious. I'll be having an avalanche down at the Pepsi Center tonight even. So if you're looking for a beer like that, should be in your local liquor store, or you can check out a bigger store like a Davidson's, or honestly, they're in bars across the country as well now. So if you want it, you can find it, and also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on thednvr.com for all of our events that will have Breck Brew at them. The football season may be over, but we still have plenty of events coming up between basketball and hockey, so we hope to see you at those. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Rudo. He is AJ. The Jets game should be exciting, but I do want to look ahead of that a little bit right now because the Avs are ending another year, arguably the best year of the decade for the team as a whole when you count the first half of it with the playoff run on the 2018-19 season and them establishing themselves as one of the best teams or at least a top 10 team in the league here in the 19-20 season. AJ, what to expect out of the rest of 2020? And we'll keep it to this season. I, I know this is getting into what-ifs and predicting a little bit, so take everything with a grain of salt here, but is this a team that is going to continue to solidify itself? Are we going to see a repeat of last year where they fell into a deep hole before figuring it out? What do you see in this team's immediate future? Uh, I think they make the playoffs again, and I think they do it, um, relatively speaking, compared to the last two years. Uh, I think they do it comfortably. Okay. Um, where it's not going to come down to, the last four games and we're doing mad scoreboard watching every single night to, Oh man, if they, if they lose two games in a row, the season might be over at any given time. Right. Much more under their own power, not Chicago scoring in the last seven seconds against St. Louis type of stuff. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Just a lot more of, uh, I I think it'll be a lot more like normal for what you would expect a, a team to, to, to be in a clinching position to have uh, where they're fighting more for seeding and less for getting in at all. Makes sense to me. When you look at that battle right now, the abs are two points up on Dallas with a game in hand in the second spot in the central mm-hmm. pretty securely 
five points ahead of anyone in the wild card, and one of those is Calgary, who's played 41 games. So they're in a really good position. Yeah, 11 games over 500. As you said, there's what? Say they split these two just to make my numbers easy. So there's 41 games left, and they're at 52 points. I mean, even if you play 500 hockey there, that gets Mm -hmm. you to 92 points, which would be dangerous but borderline yeah right but you're saying the Avs play four games over 500 in the second half and that's a hundred point team Mm -hmm. so it doesn't take a herculean effort for this team to make it into the playoffs easily this season they just have to be solid right they've set themselves up um nicely uh it could have been a lot better obviously um they finish i mean hell you give them the you give away the two games, um, and you just win Minnesota and Dallas, right? Right. You just close so you those split out and, on those, right? And, and you're sitting at fifty three instead, yeah, exactly. And you're just you're sitting at fifty three, and you're just like, all right, you know, you're eight points up on wild card, and ah, I mean that's that's why you know I don't I I think we'll look back at this little stretch where they blew these games and. Um, It'll be like that was that was dumb. That was frustrating, um, but that's that's why it's going to matter. Is you know that it just it just means that they cannot let up in the right. second half. No, there can't no be any kind off. of a wall. There can't right. be <clears throat> you know there can't be anything in the second half. They got to just continue to do it. They got to just copy and paste their right. performance from the first half of the season, and they've they're not going to have. Uh, tons of Eastern teams to feast on, you know, they're, they're going to have a couple, but most of that schedule is really done now. And so it's, it's, it's time for them to figure it out against the West. Would you like to see a more consistent 10 game streak schedule for this team? Cause right now through a lot of this year, they start off, they go 8-1-1. One, and one. Then they have their five-game losing streak. Then they start to turn things around. They go 8-0-1 oh, and one in, in nine, leading up to this St. Louis game that they lost. And now they have another bit of a down stretch. So I, how do you feel when you compare stretches of ups and downs compared to consistently going, say, 7-3 and three every 10 games? Um, I guess you're – I mean, as, as long as you're – getting more points out of one than the other. I don't know that I feel strongly about it. Yeah. That's uh, fair. If you're going, if you're going seven, three uh, in, in every 10, sh- every 10 games, uh, that's fine. You're really damn good. You're playing 700 hockey and that's it. You're pushing for the division title. I mean, you're that, that puts an enormous amount of pressure on St. Louis to just, cause then, I mean that that means St. Louis has to win seven out of every ten just to keep pace, right? And sure. if they want to put any distance ahead of you, they have to win eight, nine, or ten out of every ten. So I guess let me phrase it this way: Would you prefer taking a couple more losses and not really getting those extended winning streaks, just for more consistency to avoid the longer losing streaks, or are you okay with the uh, the roller coaster a bit? Um, I don't mind the, I don't really mind that roller coaster. I mean, that's, it's a very normal thing. It's, it's, it's perfectly 
regular for teams to, to do this. I mean, we'll look at what happened in Boston. Yeah, I know. They lost, a, was it seven or eight straight? And man, they still have 58 points on the year. But Yeah. I mean, they they were so far out in front, right? Uh, and, and like, we, everybody knew, like, there was no way that they were going to continue to just not lose games. <laughs> right. But since it happened, you know, they, they, hell, they lost again today. They lost, a, they have, they have 17 losses on the season, but 10 of them are in overtime. So it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. That's the difference of them being one point ahead of Toronto and 11 points. Yeah. You look at it. Overtime losses. You look at that now, the, the Colorado only has 16 losses on the season. Yep. But only four of them in overtime. Boston has 10 of them in overtime. And that's, that's your difference. Right. Those single points add up really, really quick. Yeah. I mean, if you're getting a point and you're you're moving up in the standings every night, that was the thing about last year that uh, last year's team could get to overtime. Yep. And they could just get they could just break through that wall and just get there. And, you know, once you get there, whatever happens, happens. Right. But as long as you're getting a point every night, you're moving forward. Yep. You know, the Avs, the, the Avs lose every game from here on out. They get a point in every single game. They're still a 90-point team. Right. That's That one point is is crucial. You, If you're getting a point every night, your floor is 500 hockey. So yeah. you only have that to work up from if you can get there. And that's the difference between a quality team and, and one that's going to struggle. It, you should strive to play 500 hockey at a minimum. If you really want to make the playoffs, if you want to contend in the playoffs, 500 is as bad as it should get. Definitely. So I think the abs are in a place for the first time in many, many years where that's a reasonable expectation. They should be good enough to at worst play 500 when you look through stretches of hockey and they've done that for a long time portion of this season we asked them to play 500 hockey when they were significantly hurt they not only did that they i believe they ended the stretch when they started to get ranted and Landeskog back one or two games over 500 mm-hmm. so they've proven they're capable of it this new year it's time for them to simply continue doing it do it as a healthy team and excel in the nhl yeah, and with them healthy now, um, we're talking about them playing 500. If they play 500 hockey as a healthy hockey club, it's a big disappointment for me. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That should be the absolute floor for yeah. this team. Definitely. You know, and they'll they'll have little stretches like the one that they're on now where maybe they go two and four or something like that. Um, but it shouldn't – they should not continue uh, – it, sh- it should stop quickly. Two and four, two, four, and one should – okay. Boom. Right. And then you beat Winnipeg tonight. Um, you stomp on the Blues in a couple of days because you're super mad at them for existing. And because Alex Petrangelo stole Kale McCarr's all-star game spot for no other reason than playing for St. Louis. <laughs> and, you know, you're on your way. All right. That easy. It's super easy when you don't actually have to play the games. Yeah, no kidding. And in theory, <laughs> everything is great all the time. But, you know, we'll see. 
what the next year holds for the Avs. Hopefully fewer injuries, hopefully more goals. We will talk a little bit more about that in the next period. But first, we need to tell you guys about Denver Rubber Company. They are one of the most reliable local partners for your long-term projects since 1972. They have provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom hoses, and most importantly for this time of year, snowplow rubber. They can cut to size and pre-slot pretty much any type you need. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. After we checked out their warehouse, not only did we see the awesome snowplow rubber stuff, but they also do a ton of other projects as well, including materials that go into bulletproof vests and things that make up the inside of wind turbine blades they're really cool and if you need any type of project i'm sure they can custom make something for you they're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people and you can buy bulk at a fantastic rate if that is what you need be sure to call them today you can reach them at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm still Rudo. He's still AJ. We are still talking Avs. The Avs statistically are a pretty interesting team this season. They're number one in the league in goals per game. They're top 10 in goals against per game. So in that regard, their metrics are extremely strong. However, we've talked about their special teams issues, neither of which are in the top half of the league. And you look at some of their shooting metrics, they get a ton of shots, which is great, but they also give up some of the most shots per game in the league. Now, there are multiple philosophies going on here. If you give up a bunch of low-quality opportunities, you can rely on your goalie to make those saves pretty easily. But... AJ, do you see a need for the abs to suppress shooting a little bit more, especially if they're looking to be a team that goes deep in the playoffs? Um, I mean, you can all you, you'll always take better suppression, right? Of course, but do I think it's a major need for them? On the whole, I will say no. Okay. Um, but I will say that when they give them up, they tend to give them up in bunches. And that's a big problem. So more limiting them to one and done type scenarios instead yeah. of a shift with five shots against. Or or what they'll do is they'll have a five minute stretch where they just get they're getting rolled. Yeah. And everyone they send over the boards goes out there and immediately plays defense and never gets out of there. They right. they they get out in so much as they're able to escape <laughs> just to dump the puck in uh and and change again. So I I'm not I I really don't I don't see the team as bad defensively. The the, it, the talk that the team is needs more help on defense and um uh, I I just I just don't agree. I think the team's pretty good defensively. Uh I think that their biggest problem is the inconsistency, uh, inconsistency that they get from their forwards uh, in the defensive zone is, I think, my biggest frustration watching them. Uh, the 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 effort and the commitment are not there every night. 
Um, they're not there from every line every night. And I think that's really frustrating to watch because the, the defensemen, I think, do a decent job what the, at what they should be doing. You know, it's there, there are some mistakes here and there, but like you look at the Carolina game and both of those goals against uh, that cost them the game started with uh, forwards. Yeah. And I do think it's a lot of a momentum thing as well. As you said, you know, the abs can't get out of that rut sometimes when they're stuck on the back and on their heels you know, every line, as you said, they come out, they play defense, they can't get anything going. It They need to find a way to, to overcome the current a little bit and be able to get back to playing their game and stop getting slammed. Definitely. Uh, you've got to be able to put the brakes on. And we... Uh, we just haven't seen that. Um, they haven't. They haven't shown the ability to kind of plug the gap quickly. Uh, sometimes it turns into whole periods. You know, you look at the Dallas, uh, the Dallas game as a recent example. That entire first period, you felt like getting out of there. Uh, certainly, getting out of there one-one was a huge win for Colorado. But even had they not scored at the end. And they'd gotten out of there one nothing. It was a big victory for them. Uh, and we see this on the other side of things where when they're when they're just dominating a team and they're just laying it on, for them to only walk out of there with just the one goal, it always feels like such a missed opportunity. Right. And the same is true for other teams. You know, when you have a team like Colorado, as good as Colorado, when you have them down and you have them chasing, and for them to only get the one goal – you know, you want to you want to see them stack up goals, and I think that's a good point to make, especially for a podcast like us. We talk about process a lot, and a good process is is great. But at the end of the day, it's the results that matter. It's the final score up on the scoreboard. It's the number of points in your standings column. So it doesn't matter if it's ugly or it's pretty. If you're getting W's that's how you are taking the next step. Right. And at the end, I mean, you got to win games. You got to score more than the other team. Uh, you can't be so obsessed with process that you decide that Nick Benino is better than Patrick Kane because his process is just so good. And, <laughs> you know, you're, you're willing to overlook. You're you're willing willing to overlook the fact that one of them is one of the best offensive players in the league, right? It, points aren't everything in the NHL. Obviously, defensemen exist to prevent points from happening, and that does matter. But points are the whole point of hockey. The goal of yeah. hockey is to put the goal, the puck in the goal, more than your opponent puts the puck in the goal. Right, it's not to it's not to create scoring chances. It's not to create shots on goal. Uh, it's it's not to do all of those process things. All of those process things just increase your chances to score more. Right, and that's it, the point of the game. That's that's exactly kind of what I was scratching at. I guess is you could give a hundred scoring chances a game, but if your team puts zero of them in the back of the net, you might as well have had zero scoring chances because it just doesn't matter. So you'll, you're more likely to score more, sure, but you have to actually do the scoring for it to count. Yeah. So I thankfully 
this season the Avs have been quite effective on the whole at scoring. So that's the good news. A, a bit of an interesting statistic here. And AJ, I'm curious on, on what your thoughts are for expected amount of production as you move through different parts of the Avs lineup. The Avs top six has provided 80 goals. About 57% of the Avs goals come from top six players. Their bottom six gets about 28% with 40 goals or exactly half the production of the top six. And then you get the rest of the goals from the defense, which ends up being a little bit shy of 15%. Does that feel about right to you or is there something you'd like to change? Do you want to see more out of a certain area on the abs? Um, you know, I, I think I would like to see more from what is now their fourth line. Okay. The comfort Jost. Yeah. Nieto, Nieto, I guess usually. yeah. Yeah. That, I think that line needs to do more. That seems fair, and they certainly have scored a bit more in the last couple of games. Vegas. We've 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 talked about the second line, so I I feel like that's obviously understood. That yeah, the Nazem Kadri has to step up. Uh, Andre Burakovsky, you know the you knew Burakovsky and Donskoy Donskoy were both going to go through dry spells because they were just they were humming along at like point per game paces, and that just was not going to continue. So this is them coming back to earth a little bit. All right, you're back on earth. Get we the abs need you to get back to producing, right? Well, well over half of the abs top six production comes through Nathan McKinnon, be that him scoring or him setting it up. So, yeah, that's a big chunk of that top six production that isn't coming from that second line. We already talked about that, as you said. So, mm-hmm. to digging into the fourth line a little bit, obviously, the same kind of story there. A lot of that bottom six production is coming from that Calvert Belmar combination and Nachushkin as well. So that that leaves a little bit to be desired from those fourth line players. It does. Uh, you know, JT Comfer, we all have had a lot of high hopes for him as, as a, as a player in the NHL where we thought, you know, maybe this is a, this, this guy could be a 15 goal guy every year. He could be a regular 35 point player, 30 to 35 point player. That, that is just rock solid and reliable. And, you know, you look at the production this year and it almost feels like, boy, that is not telling a story that, that, that is not telling the story that my eyes are because he has more points than Matt Nieto. And I would say on the whole, I, I feel like Matt Nieto has played better than JT Comfort this year. Yeah. It, it's a very a different look for the comfort that we've come to expect over the last couple of seasons. He only has four goals and we're nearly halfway through the season, but he's already tied his career high in assists. So right. he's one point behind Matt Calvert. Yeah. And it yeah. feels like Matt Calvert scores all the time. Right. Exactly. Dude's good for a goal a game. It feels like sometimes, but, you know, and, and I mean, he's three points behind Nazem Kadri in the same number of games played. So that one that enhances my uh, drives home my point of Kadri got to be, be better. Yeah, yeah. and and Burakovsky, you know, he's Burakovsky's only four points ahead of JT. So both those guys need to pick it up just a touch, not a ton. Uh, but with JT, it's he's he's finding ways to put up points, and that's great. But 
the there's not a lot uh, right now happening at 5v5 really um that the the i you know i think it might be right now their fourth line is once again the misfit line yeah it's they've they've just shoehorned in a couple of guys that they just don't know what else to do with right and i think that's a good point to make because a lot of conference assists this season have not come off of feeding a Tyson Jost or a Matt Nieto. It, and yes, he's picked up a couple in the last few games, but Comfer has been someone that's been moved around the lineup a lot this season. And it seems like they're, they're running out of places to put him. I mean, they're out because they've, they've kind of committed themselves to the top six and those six guys, you know, you can jumble them up or whatever, but they're still going to be the same six guys. And then their other line is, you know, Nachushkin and uh, um, the Belmar. Yeah, thank you, Belmar. The Belvert combination. Yeah, um, they are. I mean, you're talking. You're talking. Why in the world would you touch that just to try and find GT Confer success? That's a line that is dominating games and is arguably among the most effective third lines in the entire league. You're not messing with that thing. Yeah, it's they're dominant. I, like they are a dominant line at what they do right now. And you know, it's sure it's just a third line, but like they are able to run out a third line that that can, you know, kind of plug the gap like we talked about or they can that's a line that can fight the current, the momentum change against. games. Yeah, yeah they exactly. can. They can change how things are going and the energy and the way that they play. You know, it just lifts this. It change. It's been such a change for them this season to have that extra line that just clicks and rolls around and just does what it does. It's it's the line that. On a night where Nathan McKinnon isn't producing, the Avs are still in games. The game isn't just over from the drop. And that doesn't happen yep. very often. McKinnon has found his way to so many points, but those are the type of depth players, depth lines that teams need to find ways to win games. They have one. Now they need the other two, the second and the fourth line, to step up and do a little bit of that as well. Definitely. So... I'm good there, AJ. Any final things to say as as we wrap up this 2019 season year, whatever you want to call it? Um, you know, just another calendar year in the books. I because the hockey season just keeps on rolling. Like we got a game yeah, in two not days. Not a big landmark for us, really. It, it really, it's not like a you know, no, no big thank you, and we'll see you next season, and you know, stay tuned to the pod and draft coverage is coming like none of none of that for us because we'll see you guys in two days <laughs> yep well you know we will have uh we are going out tonight um we're gonna be going out uh Ruto, you're welcome to obviously join us <laughs> um i know you'll be at the game with your papa bear so uh you know anybody that's around bother Ruto and say hi to him I'll be in the DNVR hat, so you should be able to spot me. There you go. And, uh, you know, as always, appreciate everybody that, that, that listens to to the show and, and chimes in and comments and uh, consumes all the stuff that we produce and is amped up about what we're doing and, and 
cares, you know, and, and is willing to stick around and, and see what we do next, because we're kind of, we're kind of an adventure and, you know, we, we feel like we're on a, we're on a pretty fun path with this particular avalanche team. And I think, uh, they make it, they make it easy to cover every day. Yeah. I 100% echo everything you said, AJ. I, I just would like to say as well that I'm super excited to continue working with the NVR and, and into a new year. You know, I definitely am still finding my footing with this company. It hasn't been that long, but I'm looking forward to the next year of continuing to work with you, with the whole office, with the NVR. I'm super excited about it. I hope our listeners are excited about it as I am to, to consume our content because it's just been an awesome time all the way around. So thank you for me. Thank you from DNVR for an amazing year. And yeah, as far as the avalanche squad, you will hear from us again, probably Thursday. I do not think we'll be doing a podcast tomorrow unless the abs do something crazy tonight. Yeah, but I tell you if they, if, if Colorado wins like eight, nothing tonight, I'm if Rudo's, yeah. if Rudo's not, I'm doing a pod tomorrow. We'll we'll do something if they go ham, but yeah, have either to. way, it's, it's just too much fun to talk about when they go crazy. <laughs> that's see, that's the the best part is it's just it's a fun time for for everyone involved. So thank you for listening, and we will hear from us again in 2020. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitor is it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. But I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas. And I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in ha- helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials.